host Seraphim. Welcome to episode 24 of The Voice of Seraphim, recorded on Saturday, May 14th, 2011. The Voice of Seraphim is your source for all the news and information related to Magic Online and the Seraphim Clan. Seraphim hosts a weekly tournament, monthly leagues, and other regularly scheduled events, including Cube Draft. We use voice chat and have an active forum at seraphimclan.org where you can find out more about us. In today's episode of The Voice of Seraphim, Dicax, Eldritch Song, Dark Worship, and Pastafarian catch up on recent clan events, talk about the recent Faction Scars block draft using Mirren and Phyrexian Warmarks, and revisit Spoiler Gate. Well, let's get started with episode 24 of The Voice of Seraphim. Welcome. Welcome back. It's only been like three weeks. Yay! And we're returning with pasta. What more could you ask for? Not much, I don't think. A bowl of ice cream. Chocolate? Yeah, that would do it. Blue Moon? I don't know, I kind of like coffee or mocha, personally. Dark was kind enough to put some notes together. We're bored enough. We're bored enough. Wow. Is somebody else joined this Phyrexian? Alright, so did you guys shore up your uh, war marks for tomorrow? Damn it, I traded those. I don't think they're tradable. Yeah, I think uh, Axe is being a smartass. Are you playing tomorrow? Uh, absolutely. <clears throat> Has anyone else been watching the uh, Star City games open? I have no. not. It looks like the majority of Cobblades have gone to uh, Splashing Black for discard and that minus five, minus five spell. I believe they're just wrapping up the last Swiss round, so I think that two, dis two uh, Splinter Twin combo decks are going to be in the top eight. Cool. One is just a Grixis Splinter Twin, and the other is a uh, Rug with the combo in it. Any interesting news lately? Seems like there's nothing going on. <laughs> I feel like the World of Magic kind of went on a freeze waiting for this next set and to see what actually happens with it. Um, there was a new Commander card spoiled. Really? Where? Uh, on Channel Fireball. Cool. And it's an angel. And it's an Let's... angel. Oh, is it the uh, white, black, red one that's on the cover of that one commander deck? No, it's a different one. It's the Boros Angel. Bassandra Battle Seraph. Beta signups going on. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I included that, yeah. That is cool. Did you sign up? What's the uh, commander article? Who did it or whatever? Uh, what do you mean? What's the article called, or...? It's just a, a news item. It's uh, just a picture of a card. Uh-oh. So it's not like official spoil, it's more like an unofficial thing. I don't look that impressive. Isn't that the icon for Commander decks? Oh, that's what I was trying to verify. I thought it kind of looked like an Estrade. No, it's not Innistrad. Innistrad kind of looks uh, more like a... I guess it is. W. I just don't know why they would give her a watermark for the set. Because... 
Did the other commanders not have watermarks on them? Well, she can't actually be the commander of the deck because she's not all three colors. She could be one of those sub ones, couldn't she? I thought the other two, not the main commander, but the other two commanders were just two colors. But I may be mistaken. I don't see how that would work, though, because it's going to be a three-color deck. That's a good point. Have we seen the deck list for the event decks? The new Phyrexia event decks? I don't believe it's been released yet. Man, I'm so excited for my paper cards, though. It's unreal. It's going to be nice to actually have physical Tezzerits. So what are your plans for your deck? F&M? Yeah, I'm just looking for something to kind of do in my spare time. or I just kind of need a hobby that gets me out of the house, to be honest. It's a good thing. And plus, the card shop does uh, standard tournaments on Sundays, so it's not, doesn't, it's not as bad as Friday Night Magic, where it would disrupt some of the uh, client tournaments. But yeah, I ordered a pretty basic blue-white, or not blue-white, blue-black Tezzeret Forge Master list. I mean, it's pretty much the basic stuff, so if I wanted to change it up into Grixis or a non-Forge Master list, it's not too much of a difference. You should go to game day. Yeah, I might do that. I think the only new Phyrexia card I actually ordered singles of was Spellskite, because I figured that could help protect the Forge Master. Now you're wanting You're making me want to buy some paper cards for game day. When is it? Is that for like a couple weeks from now? Uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's actually just putting it on my calendar. I keep a very busy calendar. Um, I think it's June 10th or 11th, depending on your store. Well, I know the event decks come out on the 10th. I mean, it's that weekend. Your store might do it Friday night or Saturday afternoon or Saturday night. I went into my shop for the first time since it moved. And uh, it's actually a pretty nice spot they moved to, except for it's got very little parking. Where do you live? San Diego. So is the Sword of War and Peace worth thirty dollars? Guys, there any announcement about pre-release? Not yet. Bummer. Well, now that Post is gone, we should probably get started with the episode. Hey, where Post go? He went ask. Is he said he's gonna come back or not? No. He said burb. Uh, he t typed BRB and then went to the AFK channel. 
I almost wish I had my cards already so that I could have gone to the uh, release party today. Because uh, the promo for Axiom Metamorph is kind of cool. The release party is usually sealed. Just saying. Yeah, it's sealed, but the promo is uh, cool. I didn't want to go and just not have a deck or anything to play with in my downtime or anything. Yeah, usually I either win fast enough where I have downtime, or I lose fast enough where I have downtime. What should I add to my white mini deck? Porcelain Legionnaire. Yeah, that card is potent. As is Forced Worship. Yeah, Forced Worship's a good sealed card. I don't think it really does anything for limited. Or, uh, constructed, I mean. You think there's a golem deck? There's a golem intro pack. That probably means there's not a golem deck. <laughs> yeah, Porcelain Legionnaire is good. Batter Skull. 25 bucks. Caged Sun is very good. I guess we'll wait for Pasta to get back. Hey, um, do you have anything you want to add to the show notes? Um, Eldritch? Let me look. Eldritch. Where are you hiding the show notes? Eh? How do I find the show notes? Um, I don't know. Hold on. You could follow the link to episode 24. But I'll, I'll post a new link. I'll post a new link. I... We'll post a new link. Let me enunciate clearly. My limiting rate, my limited rating is. Damn. I promise I'm not drinking. Um, my limited rating is almost 1600. Yeah. So it's almost back to what it was. <laughs> you mean when I first logged in? Yeah. Well, considering that 1600 is what everyone starts at. Does anybody live in Seattle? None of us live in Seattle. Not, not me. That's too bad. Folks from NTG Cast are holding a tournament in Seattle. Huh. Right? Hmm. Oh, the four-player Warmark Constructed Queue is only one ticket entry. I feel like I'd probably, probably take my Grixis Tesseret and probably at least win. One more mark. I guess be right back is um, it's like a relative term. Yeah, you pretty much take the R out of it. <laughs> I get it. Took me a little bit. Let's see. If I do the war mark, should I play Grixis Tesseret or should I play my Vengevine deck? Vengevine. I surprised Scaleb today. He was uh, playing Knights against the deck, and first game he gets down Knight Extemplar, and I was like, shit, I got nothing. Second game, turn 5, I multiple overrun him and hit him for like 80 damage in one turn. I had like 
six elves down. I had the uh, untap all your creatures when the guy attacks. I had two Arcturids and an Azuri down. It's pretty funny. Are you um, are you still doing the thing at the beginning of the month, Eldritch? The austere no, no, reckoning. I haven't for a while. That's good. That's good. I guess. I mean, you know, house membership. That's how it usually is. That's good. Our clan has almost won 8,000 packs. Really? 7,958. As of... I haven't checked for a while. It's pretty nice. May 11th. It's not bad. Not bad at all. Is everybody getting their squadron hawks? Why? So you can play boring. Uh, uh, cobblade? Yeah. Should I buy Karn? Right now? Mm, you know. Maybe after three weeks. That it's been. Are you talking paper or online? Online. I don't know what to do with my 300 bucks. Tesseret's kind of tempting. Should have bought him when he was like 27. He's back. Yep, sorry, I had a phone call. No problem. We should get all four of us in one of these Warmark tournaments and play that while doing the podcast. Are you guys all in for the Warmark tomorrow? I've got four of each mark. Well, you got, I guess, what, eight to twelve hours or so to get yourself one more? How do you get one more? Uh, there's constructed four-player standard queues that award a booster pack and a war mark to first and a war mark to second. It's single elimination, one ticket entry fee. But every single one of these uh, war mark events that they've had, it's like once every three to four weeks, have been pretty sweet. Why? Free product, man. Oh, yeah. You can't argue a free sealed or any drafts, can you? No, that'd be hard. My last one, I got an Ink Moth, a, a Mox, and a Moth. That's quite the pull. That's what, like, $38 online? So wait a minute, back up. How does this work? Okay, how, how many war marks do you have? I have five Mirren war marks and three Phyrexian war marks. Okay, so seeing as you have five Mirren war marks, you are eligible to join the uh, war mark event going on tomorrow. The entry fee is five war marks of a specific faction. Mm-hmm. So you can join the Mirren queue. Then Wizards gives you the product for which tomorrow's is not a seal, it's a draft. So you will get those three boosters 
to draft from with the easy entry fee of those five Marin Warmarks. Bullshit. No, dude. That's what last time, wait, a month ago, it was uh, four booster sealed. Yeah. It actually, it's actually kind of a cool thing that they did with these uh, Warmarks, even though it is a bit of a pain in the butt having them untradeable in your account. They're actually, there's a use for them that's pretty cool. So, with these Warmarks, I get three free packs? Yeah, you get you get a free draft out of it. And then probably next month there will be another event. Holy shit. And how do I get the Warmarks? Like if I want to go into the Phyrexian draft, how do I get the Warmarks? Uh, you go into, I think it's in... You go to tournaments, eight player constructed, and there will be a Mirren queue and a Phyrexian queue awarding those war marks. They are four player queues, single elimination. Uh, this past month was constructed uh, standard. It's a one event ticket entry fee. You take your deck in there, and if uh, you make it past the first round, you're guaranteed a war mark. And if you take first, you get a war mark of the the faction that you joined, plus a booster, which was this past one, Besieged. Hmm. Yeah, I'm in the mirror queue at the moment. And the competition in there is not all just, like, ringers and whatnot. I started off when I was going through them with uh, two Phyrexian and one Marin for this month's rotation on it, because I played in the last one, so it ate up my war marks. And probably only, I think I put 2 or $3 total into it and was just playing a rogue green-white token deck and did quite well. Almost always made it past the, the first round. Sweet. Seriously, all four of us should just hop in one. <laughs> Yeah, for real. I mean, they're they're big queues, so the collusion thing's not really an issue, because there's no guarantee we're getting matched up together. I was just hope, hoping some buds would like to play in one tomorrow. It's always fun to have people to talk to while you're playing those things. I'm gonna enter the Phyrexian one. Right on, man. What time? Oh, yeah, if I there. can get a another mark of either one, I'll probably plan. And it is possible to double queue. If you, it, it, it's almost impossible to like play to win, but you can get your product. But they are scheduled times. Yeah, that's the thing. They're already queuing up, though. They've got 40 people in the one that's nine hours from now. Yeah, I'll probably hit one in the later afternoon. That's why I was kind of asking if anybody else here was going to join one if we wanted to cement it. I'll just join now, so when I log in, I'm already queued up. Need one more person to start this Phyrexian four-player thing. Oh, shit. Well, then I'll join. I can't do the one until the evening. I can't, I can't do the one in the morning. It's crazy. Oh, did you queue it? No, it just fired. And, actually, you've, you've got your five Phyrexian, right? No, I have five Mirren. Ah. Is um, Eldritch still here? We should start the podcast. 
I'm still here. Do you want to start the podcast? Sure. Awesome. All right. I'll do it while playing, I guess. Can you do that? Yeah, I'm not that bad at multitasking. Okay. And it's pretty casual in those four-player queues. I've yet to run across the, like, daily uh, 8-4 limited, like, douchebags. Yeah, my opponent's running, uh, his first two turns were Ink Moth Nexus and then a Forest. Who doesn't do that? Alright. So we've probably had three weeks of Seraphim events. Probably. Looks like we have Popper, Bring Your Own Standard, Chromatic, and an update on the Scars of Mirrodin League. The update on the league should be fairly straightforward since rankings are not posted. <laughs> hey, Banana Fist. Um, Jeez. I don't remember where do I hit the uh, the show notes at. You'll find it in Magic Online General Podcast Mailbox, Episode Twenty Four. I realize I can't. I can't draw crap right now. I realize it's been a very long time, but I am curious what people's opinion on the Manion thing was. I'm just really curious about the general consensus. Eldritch, what was your take? Well, I, I thought it was kind of depressing that he got, that our world champion is going to get banned for three years because of the, you know, mistake trusting your friend, you know, not to proliferate, you know, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> new <laughs> The new Phyrexia stuff, so that was, yeah, that sucked. And I guess the rest of the guys, I think, deserved the ban. It sucked that uh, Guillaume is the one that took the, the hardest hit as the guy that kind of started the entire thing. But I guess you gotta, as Wizards, you got to be fair about that. Uh, one thing that I was thinking about that I thought was fair is that somebody mentioned that um, if they were going to do this correctly, it probably would have been better to maybe sue him instead of banning him. Uh, because they're using, like, here they're using the DCI to... Uh, ban someone that's for a like non game related uh, fault. I think it would have been more fair if they had sued him and still let him um, keep on playing Magic for those three years. But I'm not sure what he would would have preferred. You know, the money he got from Worlds or a lawsuit. So. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I wondered if they didn't feel some sense of liability themselves, and it would have affected tournament play. I mean, didn't Matt and Yun say that he had he had access to these before? This set was my understanding. That's kind of why I thought the DCI was appropriate. But well, that's true. But he would have had those anyway, even if he hadn't leaked them. Sorry, go ahead. I was done. I was going to say was uh, what Axe was saying is the DCI is. And I feel it was correct with the temporary banning. It's almost uh, final. Is that he has had access to these before. And there's been a few of the Pro Tour events where it actually made a big difference. And he could have had a perma banning for it. He actually got an edge up in a limited Pro Tour format that had just hit and had been able to test with that. 
Yeah, but I mean, Wizards had to have known that he was working for that magazine when they sent out the spoilers. Exactly. That's where the whole, like, shady conspiracy theories come in, though, is there's kind of a uprising in the community of people that are quite upset that potential pros have had this leg up on the competition, and it all came to light through that, like, IRC conversation, and Wizards caught with their pants down, and they're just kind of responding, and somebody had to be made an example, and unfortunately, unfortunately, that was Guillaume. Who else had access to these is what I've heard a lot of people talking about. whole thing's pretty shady. Yeah, it kind of sucks. I mean, it's almost as bad for Wizard as it is for the players. I mean, when the game has to ban their world champion, it looks kind of bad yeah. for everybody. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, steroids. The old asterisks. But I wonder if that's why they're not suing, though, is that they realize there's some culpability or foolishness on their part. Naivete. I think that's absolutely correct. Kind of like, wow, we've been doing this for X years now, and nobody thought about this? <laughs> it was... It was an archaic tradition that's just been grandfathered in. There was a time and place for it, and that time is long past, but the tradition was still kept alive. Which tradition is that? The Godkin General. I mean, the magazine format is dead. When there was magazines like Inquest and Scry here in the United States, that was, it was quite important to be able to promote their new product by giving the, uh, the God book to to the journalists that had to write on it and had to meet a deadline. And the way print dates work, you have to have that in before it hits the newsstands and to have your article still be relevant, so on and so forth. That's We're way past that now, though, with the Internet. What do you think, Dark? I think it was just kind of stupid for him to even make it accessible to a current player, especially someone of that level. I mean, that's as simple as I think it is. It's because he was a journalist. I mean, like I was saying, the whole grandfathered end thing, just there should not be a godbook given to anybody that's allowed to compete anymore. Why is it being, being given to journalists? It's, I understand that maybe Lotus Noir is big time in France, but Magic is a worldwide game now. And if you're given a godbook or your establishment's given a godbook, then nobody that's on your staff should be in a pro or competitive uh, level of the game or be allowed to compete at a competitive level of the game. Bottom line is the godbook just needs to not leave Wizards of the Coast's office. All right. Well, I was just curious about that. Folks' opinions. I could go on all night about it. If I had a penny for my thoughts, I'd be a millionaire. It just seems weird that uh, they had that first leak where those Japanese cars got spoiled. Then, like, unrelated, you had the whole set being spoiled. It just seemed like the whole... like I don't, I've never seen that happen for a long time. Just to have it happen twice for the same set seems a bit weird to me. That's a pretty odd coincidence, indeed. Did you guys see the actual IRC 
IRC uh, chat log of the uh, spoiling as it went down live. I read the summary on Channel Fireball. Oh, that was pretty uh, interesting. I, I could not believe that those were actual adults chatting to each other. It's kind of like... <laughs> it's like children. You know, I've got, I've got these cards. You want to see? I bet you don't. <laughs> yeah, for real. I can't believe I'm going to lose to Mono Green, in fact. What are you playing? Oh, this is like the saddest thing ever. My Grixis Tezzeret. Oh, that is sad. But that's what's that's sweet about those four-player keys, though, is that that dude that's in there playing that mono-green infect would never dare take that into a daily. It's more of a casual environment that gives those rogue decks actually a chance to do something and get a prize payoff. You take your, your Grixis Tezzeret into a, a daily event ten times... Versus him taking his mono green infect ten times, I guarantee you'll have the higher win percentage. You gotta, you gotta be happy for the little guy every now and then. Yeah, but still, to lose against something you know you should win. That's part of the game, though. If you could, if you couldn't beat like certain decks just by random chance, some of the time, this wouldn't be. It's fun of a game, I don't think. The man speaks truth. So, going way, way back in time, there was a popper event once. It was held by Clan Seraphim. Hey, I've heard of them. They're pretty cool. I think, um, I think Dark won, didn't he? No, Pasta won. Ooh, Pasta. Tell us about your deck. Uh, it was basically Elf Ball. If I, yeah, I was playing Elves that time. It was Elf Ball with a minor blue splash for a distant melody. What is Elf Ball? I uh, overrun you and get you with Elves real quick. Oh, I see. Pulling up my list here real quick. And distant melodies to recharge once your hand is empty. The beefed-up version of Lead the Stampede in that deck. Yeah, you, you just drop a ton of elves. Uh, turn one, turn two, turn three. You pretty much empty your hand those first three turns. The the deck's running uh, 40 creatures with the uh, curves and the, the one-drops and pretty even in the two and three and only four creatures in the four drop. Since you're dropping your hand so quick and a couple of the elves give you uh, possibilities to cast in off-color mana, that's where the distant melody comes to, like Song said, refill your hand. And the creatures have life gain and pump built into them as well. Sweet. Actually, I remember that tournament pretty well in as far as Seraphim tournaments go, that I was probably running the best I've ever run. It seemed to be the easiest tournament I've ever played. So I got the god draw every single time. Nice. I was due. I was due. <laughs> 
Now you have six tournament wins. I have seven. Seven. Now you have seven tournament wins. Who has the most tournament wins? Probably Iceman won. He's bad. I got a close win on him. Yeah, you're getting there. How many does Iceman have? Let me see. I think he has like nine, but I'm not sure. Uh, he only has one, two, three, four signatures posted, so that can't be right, eh? Well, I counted Isis trophies. He's only got seven that I can find. Uh oh. Woo! Uh oh. <laughs> Tie. Alright. Moving on to Bring Your Own Standard. Looks like Sezen won. Does anybody remember that event? I remember it, but not too fondly. I remember playing uh, Sensen and him just tearing me to shreds. He's playing blue-white. Yeah, originally his deck was a uh, mono-white aggro with uh, scars off creatures and um, whatever the set for the GD. And uh, he played me in a few test games. I completely crushed him with my Open the Vaults deck and so he turned around and splashed blue, and pretty much his entire sideboard is artifact hate encounters that were mainly put in there for me. And that seems to have carried him to the win. His three sets were M11, Scars of Mirrodin, and Tamigawa. Yeah, me and him played, played like five or so practice matches uh, heading up to the tournament and uh, he didn't like losing to my open the vaults basically a six mana card and all of a sudden I drop him so he decided he was going to put in pretty much every counter he had access to and some artifact destruction and I remember watching a few of his games, and it seems to have really helped him out in those. I know I had got matched up in, against him in the second round, and it went pretty bad. My recollection of the term is I had pasta in the first round, and I beat him 2-0 or something like that. And then I lost both round 2 and 3. Each of those rounds, 0 and 2, just getting like the worst draws I could ever get. So that's how the deck went, or the tournament went from my point of view. Awesome. I actually had to leave, so I didn't even see the tournament except for the tail end of it. Oh, then Pasta won Chromatic. Does that mean you have 8 Pasta? No, the Chromatic was my 7th. <laughs> no, Chromatic was my 7th. Mono blue will control. Deck not posted yet. You haven't posted your deck yet. Come on, guy. The tournament was just last night, and I had to get three hours of sleep and then work so I could come here and be here for all of you in this podcast. Oh, yeah. Take your time with it. What was your mono blue control deck? It's the same shell I'm playing for every single one of these uh, chromatic tournaments, and I just keep evolving it and 
cutting the fat and figuring out what works and what doesn't. And it's far from optimized, but it's getting better. It's basic uh, ideas. It's early game is walls and uh, counter spells, and then control magic, then fatties, and then a smattering of uh, specialized stuff that can swap out depending on your matchup from the sideboard for different specialized strategies throughout the uh, curve. Oh, and, and clones. Got a lot of clone action going on too, which is big game. All right. Oddly enough, it was uh, red this time that wasn't represented, which is odd because a lot of people would actually test into the red color. But And uh, Emerald's the one that's always been overlooked in the past, but I ran that and did okay. These things are very slow to fire. Mine hasn't fired yet. Yeah, they, they take... I've had like five to anywhere... To... 30, 40 minute one to load up. Alright. And the next tournament event is next Saturday, May 21st, 4pm. It is Scars of Mirrodin Block. That will be the last Scars of Mirrodin Block tournament before New Phyraxia. Dun dun dun. dun, dun. And I know New Phyraxia comes online May 30th, correct? Yeah, and uh, the pre-release should be probably May 27th. Oh, sweet. It's really bad timing for a pre-release for me. Maybe someone will drop a bunch of money and bring all the new Phyrexia stuff to our standard tournament. Boom! How will new Phyrexia change the face of standard? If Star City Games is an uh, open tournament they had going today as any indicator... Um, it looks like a lot of cob blades end up splashing in black for discard and removal. The uh, Splinter Twin deck seems to be more than just hype. What is this, um, what is this Splinter Twin deck? What's the premise? Well, Splinter Twin is an en- Splinter Twin is an enchant creed from Rise of the Eldrazi, where basically the creature then gains the ability to tap and copy itself and the copy has haste. And then uh, New Phyrexia has some Deceiver Exarch, I think it's called. He's a uh, two colorless and a blue to cast. And he's 1-3 flying flash or something like that. And when he comes into play he can either untap target permanent or tap target permanent, I think it is. So basically you enchant him with the uh, Splinter Twin, tap him, copy himself, use the copy to untap him, and keep doing that over and over. You get infinite amount of creatures, and they all at pace, so you just swing with them. That's pretty much, you can go ahead and call it the Pestermite Combo Redux. Just sub your Splinter Twin and Exarch for Pestermite and Kiki-Jiki. Kiki-jiki sounds like a dance. But yeah, um, I believe in the top eight of the Star City Game Tournament, there was a Grixis Splinter Twin and a Rug deck that was running the combo in it as well. 
I think it's too early to judge what standards are going to look like. Uh, I think everybody's kind of experimenting right now. Will Phyrexian mana make life gain relevant? No. Yeah, I don't think so. Probably not. I mean, right now it's basically most of uh, standard, at least, is to race your opponent to a kill. And I'm sure beyond standard, it's more combo fast kill, so I don't see life really being that big. I mean, I can't imagine holding, say, Porcelain Legionnaire on turn two and not wanting to cast it for two life because I'm afraid I'm going to take more damage. I mean, I think it might change your strategies versus, like, aggro decks. Like, you may want to side out some of your Phyrexian spells, but I think overall it's not going to change too much. It's going to be more aware of your life total than you even were before. Alright. And what's the status on League? Monday we'll get our second pack. That's right. Excellent. How many players we got in the League this time? I believe we have 12. Yeah, we do. We have 12. Ah. Make sure you play Dark. It was nice to come back to uh, Scar's block with throwing the Mirrored and Besieged to kind of get back to the uh, more recent cards. Uh, that said, though, the next league, going back to some of the older sets again before we head back to Scar's block with New Phyrexia. So it's a little while before next league. No, about two weeks, not that far away. And what will that be? Uh, it's going to be a combination of three blocks, just because we've already gone through most of the sets that have been released online that we can that are can be actually made popper, cheaper. So what we're going to do here is just pick uh, three random sets. Um, so I'm trying to remember what the exact ones are. Let me check the schedule. So yeah, it's going to be Champions of Kamigawa, Guild Pact, and Future Sight. So it's sort of like a build-your-own-block league. That's it for episode 24 of The Voice of Seraphim. I'd like to thank my co-host, Eldritch Song, and our guests, Dark Worship and Pastafarian, for joining us this week. Members of the clan can join us for the next recording of The Voice of Seraphim on Saturday, May 21st at 9 p.m. Seraphim time. Till next time, this is Dicax, and you've been listening to The Voice of Seraphim. <laughs>